have dedicated Wednesday night to prayer, so we'll be praying towards the end of the service. Uh, also, the entire month of September is going to be set aside for prayer. And so, if, unless there's a holiday like Labor Day, um, we're going to open up the sanctuary from, from 9 to 2 p.m. And the side door, just come in and uh, come and go. Uh, there may be some prayer points on the altar you can pick up. But let me encourage you, if you have any of that time available, maybe before work, your lunch hour, come on in and pray. There'll be plenty of room to spread out. And let's just believe God. Let's believe the Lord. I believe the Lord's, he's moving, and I believe he's going to honor as we honor him in prayer. Also, let me encourage you, we're going to be back in-person service on Sunday. And I don't know about you, but I'm excited to see all your beautiful faces again. And so, uh, but uh, you may not be so excited to see this face. It may not be so beautiful because Sunday uh, the beard is coming off. And so um, the youth have raised the $10,000 and speed the lot. And so the agreement was that I would take this off. Uh, also, uh, coming uh, next Wednesday from 9 till 11, uh, the North Texas Food Bank is going to be here. Now, we need volunteers. In fact, they want to know how many volunteers we're going to have before they come. And so we need at least 15. And if you, have, if you attend on coming and you haven't signed up, please contact the office, uh, either email, uh, you can text me, you can uh, call the office. But uh, let us know that you're going to be here so that we can have adequate coverage. I want us to look here and begin reading, and uh, as I said, I'm going to, I want you to go to Psalms 127, Psalms 127, and I'm going to read a couple of scriptures in there, and then I want, uh, uh, I want to land in Matthew 16, so Psalms 127, and then uh, we're going to jump down to uh, Matthew 16. Father, we love you, we need you, we magnify your name. Lord, I pray that your word would be heard in this house tonight. Lord God, those that are tuning in, those that may be listening to the recording, I pray, Father God, that you would reach out and touch them, Lord God, and speak to them and bring them courage in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to look here in Psalms 127 and 1. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain, unless the Lord builds the house. Now, I'm going to throw a couple more scriptures in there before we get to Matthew. Acts 2, verses 46 and 47. So if you don't have your, your notepad, you're going to want to get one out or keep up with me tonight. Acts 2, 46 and 47. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all of the people. And the Lord, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. 1 Corinthians 12, 28 and 29. And God has appointed these in the church. First apostles and second prophets, third teachers. After that, miracles, the gifts of healing, helps, administrations, and a variety of tongues. Now let's look at Matthew 16, 
When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? They said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you, Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Did you pick up a theme there in the Word of God? Did you see there in the, each of the passages that I read, there was some participation on God's part? Unless the Lord build His church, we are laboring but in vain. But it was the Lord who was adding to the church daily those who would be saved. Then in Corinthians, as we read, we find out that it's the Lord who appoints. And I say to you that the headship of Jesus Christ is still in heaven and not on earth. That the Lord Jesus Christ is still in control of his church. As we look here to God's word, I want you to note something. He tells Peter, as P, he asks Peter the question, who do people say that I am? Who does man say that I am? He said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. He said, upon this truth and this knowledge and this understanding of, of that truth of who I am, I'm going to build my church. I love how the new, uh, the Passion Translation says it this way. I give you, Peter, whose name is a stone. He said, and this truth of whom I am will be the bedrock foundation in which I build my church, my legislative assembly, and the power of death will not be able to overpower. As we look here to the word of God, what Jesus is saying is, Peter, it's not you that I'm speaking of. Sometimes we take that scripture completely out of context. He's not saying, Peter, I'm going to build my church upon you, though he is and he will build his church upon people. But what he is saying there is that upon the knowledge of who I am in you, that truth is where I will build that bedrock foundation. Tonight's title, the tonight's message is simply this, the Lord is building. He's building his church. If he doesn't build his church, we are laboring for nothing. The Lord has brought to my realization is that what the, this pandemic has revealed to this heart, to me, is that so often we spend a lot of time building a kingdom, but maybe not his kingdom. Because his kingdom is not brick and mortar, though it may be evidence of his kingdom. His kingdom is within us. His kingdom is the transformation of the individuals. 
And it doesn't matter where you are called to, what ministry you're called into. What matters is are we building the kingdom of God? And the Lord has assured me as I have been in prayer and he laid this upon my heart. He said, unless I build my house, there is no building that's going to matter. It's all going to be vanity. The Lord is building his house upon the knowledge of Jesus Christ. As we look here, I want you to see something and how important as the building blocks that God uses. And if we will receive and seek after and go after God in these times, in this season, oh, I believe we're going to see the greatest harvest that we have ever even imagined. I believe the Lord is going to feel, I can see faces by faith. I have to look out there by faith tonight in these empty pews, believing those that are hearing are receiving tonight. I pray that Almighty God will reach down and grab hold of your heart and that the anointing of his spirit may speak to you and to awaken you and to shake you to the point where you realize that God is in control and he's doing a work. He's doing a marvelous work in the heart of the church right now. Do you look? To the word of the Lord. We can see by this statement that Peter made. See, the Lord is getting near the end of his time here with his disciples on earth. In the, in the present form. He's been with them, but he's soon going to be in them. He, he, he's been walking with them for three years, but by the Holy Spirit and after the sacrifice, he's not just going to be with them, but the Spirit is going to be in them. His Spirit is going to occupy their heart. Thus, Jesus will be sitting upon the throne of their heart, just like the Lord Jesus sits upon the heart of every child of God who has accepted and received his sacrifice and allow themselves to be led by his spirit and his lordship. But we notice here that we can see, as we have talked about in services past, but it becomes more apparent as we are living in these days, what we are fighting against. And the Lord wanted to ensure that his disciples, as the end of their journey, his journey with them was coming to an end, he needed them to know. He taught the lessons, but how many know you can, you can, you can say it over and over again, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it lands. We have a thing in our, in our house when our kids were little, and our kids are all gone now, but uh, out of the house. But we made them repeat what we said. Because if they didn't repeat, then they wouldn't acknowledge that we'd ever said it. Oh, I didn't hear you. I didn't hear you tell me clean my room. I didn't hear you tell me to, to do the dishes. And so they had to repeat. So 
Whenever you're, you, you're, you're giving a subject matter as an instructor, you, you want some feedback. Jesus had been teaching these men for three years, and he needed to know in these final hours, do you understand who I am? But he started the conversation with this. Who do others say that I am? Oh, some say you're Elijah, and some say Jeremiah, one of the prophets. Jesus said, who do you say that I am? Simon Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. You are not a Christ. You are the Christ. You're the Messiah. You are the anointed one. You're the one who has come to bring deliverance. You are the Son of God. I don't mean to wear you out with this, but I believe it's got to get inside of our spirit so that we can comprehend. Jesus is the anointed king. He is the anointed priest. He is the anointed prophet. Those three figures... Those three that were in authority in the old covenant were the ones who were anointed, set apart, empowered to do the work in the appointed position that God had called them to. The king represents the authority. The priest represents the mediator. The prophet represents the messenger. Jesus is the authority. Jesus is the mediator. Jesus is the messenger of the covenant. He is the covenant that we have with the Father. Now, there is a spirit in the land today. And that is anti-message, anti-authority, and anti-mediation. There's a spirit of Antichrist that denies that Jesus came in the flesh, denies that Jesus is the Christ, and denies the relationship between the Father and the Son. Anti-opposed, rejected. We are living in a time where the enemy has been allowed to step on the scene in a force that we wasn't quite ready for as the church. The Antichrist spirit, the spirit of lawlessness, is in our land. But what we need to understand as children of God, that the Lord who lives inside of us is greater than he that is in the world. And the anti-authority has no authority greater than the authority of the church because the lawgiver and the lawkeeper and the final authority lives in the heart of his church that he has built. The message is trying to be squelched and choked out and silenced in this day. But I declare to you, church of the living God, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And the bedrock foundation as we have dug down deep as God is our Lord and Savior and King of all. He is also the messenger and the message will be broadcast and the 
the message will be heard and the knowledge of Jesus Christ as a knowledge of the glory of God. Habakkuk said, we'll feel the whole earth. You can't stop what God's doing. He's the mediator. There is a movement in our land today that wants to leave the world without hope, grip them with such fear, terrorize their minds, keep them up at night, cause them to become suspicious of everyone around them, to blame and to hate and to harm those that are around in an attempt to bring about a hopeless, desperate situation. But anywhere there is an anti, there's a cure and a greater authority. And his name is Jesus. And we are battling against a spirit of lawlessness in our land today. But you note there, said, you are the Christ. You are the anointed you're the mediator, the messenger, you're the authority. Jesus said it's important that we know that and understand that. Because once we understand that Jesus Christ is the final authority, he is the mediator, he is the messenger, then we must acknowledge the fact that his sacrifice was complete. Sacrifice was complete. If you have bought in to an ideology or a doctrine that your works are what's going to get you into the kingdom of God, then you've bought into a false doctrine. If you bought into a doctrine that says that the devil is an equal power as Christ, you have bought into the wrong doctrine. Oh, it's children of God. We wouldn't go out and say those kinds of things. But we live with this idea that the devil's going to put something on us, some voodoo we can't get off of us. We have this idea that there's going to be some sort of a, a, a thing that's going to creep into our heart that we have no authority over, and it's going to grip us. Let me say to you, the Pure in heart will seek God. Those who accepted Christ, there's a bloodline drawn around you. And you don't have to fret and worry. There may be stuff that comes at you, but it doesn't mean it's got to get in you. There may be things that attack you, your mind, but it doesn't mean it has any authority over your mind. You have the Christ who lives inside of you if you are a child of God. So, we also see is that the Antichrist denies the Father and the Son. Denies the Father and the Son. See, because he doesn't want you to know that there's a relationship that you can have with a living God. He doesn't mind you having a relationship with a dead God. Doesn't mind you having a relationship with an idol, but the Lord, Jesus, the Lord God Almighty said no idols because you can't formulate, make, or shape anything into the image that is as glorious and as good as the God that we serve. 
Don't be, don't be allowing your imagination to create God. No, I will define myself by my word, by my blood, and by my spirit. And you will worship God, not with things made with man's hands, but what was made by the hands of Almighty God. God said that he would build his church upon the foundation of Jesus Christ. And any other foundation that's laid is going to end up being destroyed in these last days. But what we see there is there's a relationship that we can have with our heavenly father, with a living God. You can speak to God and God will answer you. You can talk to the Lord and he will talk back. Now, I have walked with the Lord for a number of years. I've never heard his audible voice. Though he has spoken to me loud enough that there's been a time in my life where I turned and looked up to heaven and I said, yes, Lord. But he has led me and guided me. Well, that still, small voice, you can have a relationship with God. The Lord will speak to you. In the book of Revelation, over and over and over again, we see indication that God is speaking to his church. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. Revelations 2.7, Revelations 2.11, Revelations 2.17, Revelations 2.29, Revelations 3.6, Revelations 3.13, Revelations 3.22. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. God will speak to his people. But so often, and I, I believe the enemy is succeeding in just one small measure. It's the floodgate of the propaganda and the negativity and the constant bombardment that is hitting your mind as the narrative of the world. But what we see is that whenever the prophet was discouraged, he went and found himself alone in a cave and the Lord called him out of the cave and he said, look, Elijah, you see that wind blowing and tearing apart things? I'm not in that. You see that earthquake that's beginning to shake the foundation where you're standing? The Lord said, I'm not in that. You see the fire that's burning over there? I'm not in that. But the still, small voice. And the still, small voice is saying, if you will get in that secret place, a quiet place, tune everything else out, just listen, you will hear the voice of the Lord tell you, you are my child. I have you in my hands. I am building my church. And hell is not going to overpower you. The gates of death are not going to overpower you. I will give you what you need and whatever you bind on earth is going to be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth is going to be loosed in heaven. Wow. As we look here to the word of the Lord, what we see is that there is a spirit that is fighting against the relationship. Jesus 
You are the son of God. If you're the son of God, we can have as his people a relationship with him. And if we have a strong relationship with the Lord, truly have a strong relationship with the Lord, it's going to filter down to our other relationships. But what we also see as children of God, we are heirs because Jesus is the son. He lives in us. Thus, we are joint heirs. We have an inheritance with the Lord. But notice there, he said, I'm going to build my church. My church. Now, Andrea brought this out in life class. And if you missed it, it's okay. You can go to the website, crossroadschurchgreenville.com. All of our life classes are being are, are recorded and they're uploaded. She did a beautiful study and showed us how that the word church was not an original word that Jesus just came up with on the spot. It was a word that the disciples understood in that Greek culture. That word is there that is used is ecclesia. It means called out. And that church, ecclesia, was, was a Greek word that was used for a called out assembly. And those persons called out to that assembly, they had a re, they were able in their responsibilities as they gathered in that governing body, that governing authority, they could declare war. They could come up with military strategies. They could elect officials. They could elect and nominate magistrates. And they had the final say of legislation. They could do all of that within that, that government. But the Lord said, that was what the world was doing. But let me tell you, I have my own governing body. In whom I am the head of, I am the head of the church. And in the, being the head of the church, heaven makes the rules and we execute those rules. Heaven declares military strategies which are to pray and see heaven come down and conquer the enemy. We, as the Lord has declared war on sin and Satan, we march as his army because we are part of his church and we walk in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, knowing who he is in us. Upon this rock, upon this knowledge, Peter, Upon this knowledge, crossroads, assembly of God. Upon this knowledge, church of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to build my church. I'm going to establish my governing body on earth. I'm going to equip her. I'm going to be her strength. I'm going to give her a message. I'm going to mediate. I'm going to give her an authority. And the gates of hell, which tries to prevail, will not overcome her, will not defeat her, will not cause her alarm as long as she is sheltered in me, as long as she is standing in me. You are 
are not going to overtake her. You're not going to overthrow her. You can put her in prison and she'll keep preaching. You can stick her in the lion's den and she'll come out on the other side. You can try to shipwreck her and you will see miracles take place as a result of that. Oh my God, I can hear you in faith shouting with me right now. I believe, church, that we have yet to see what God is going to do in this land. We have yet to see the church that Jesus Christ is going to cause to wake up in these days. It comes with the knowledge of knowing who we are, who he is in us. Now, we've got just a few minutes. Those of you watching on, online, you got all night. Some of the other folks may want to get up and go home. But anyway, I want to I show you something here. I, I ran across this passage as we talk about the knowledge of the Lord, how important it is. Hosea the prophet said, my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. We talked about Sunday. We got to get into that secret place. If we don't get in that secret place, we're not going to have those secret treasures. We're not going to have the treasury. We're not going to have the storehouse. We're not going to have the weapons we need for the days that are standing ahead of us. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. If I don't know that Jesus Christ's sacrifice is enough to cleanse me of my sins, I'm going to try to work myself to death. If I don't understand how powerful the one living on the inside of me is, then I'm going I'm, I'm to believe all of the spooky Jesus stuff and let the voodoo jump all over me, and I'm going to live in constant fear all the time because I'm thinking that, that, that the enemy is as strong as God. If I don't have the knowledge of the Lord, then I'm, I'm not going to deliver the message as powerful as it needs to be delivered. Daniel tells us that my people... The people that know their God will be strong and do exploits. Now, as we think about knowledge and the knowledge of the Lord, the knowledge of Christ, our relationship, and our inheritance that we have in him, that was all stated in what Peter said about who Christ was. The Messiah, the Son of God. All of that is encapsulated in that statement. Because we know that, we, we can stand up on the rock and endure any storm and prevail. But what we see there is that God rhythmically, strategically, laid patterns in the word of God so that we wouldn't miss it. We see that God created the heavens and the earth in six days and he rested upon the seventh. We see how that in the wilderness that manna came down from heaven six days and then no manna came down on the seventh day. But for the seventh day, they gathered twice the rate on the sixth day. We see that once they entered into the land of promise, Israel entered into the land of promise, gathered man in the wilderness. Now they were to tool their lands, sow their fields, and they were to reap a harvest 
for six years. But here's this pattern. On the seventh year, they were to rest. Now, as we look at a prophetic timeline, what we see is that according to the word of God, humanity is 6,000 years old. From Adam to Abraham is 2,000 years. From Abraham to Christ was 2,000 years. From Christ till today was 2,000 years. There's six days. One day is 1,000 years, and 1,000 years is one day. There's one day remaining, 1,000-year day remaining, and that's the millennial 1,000 years of rest on earth. But what I want you to see is we pick up on the fact that in the wilderness, six days they gathered, but on the sixth day, they gathered up a double rate. So you would think that, hey, what would happen in that sixth year of harvest, that sixth year of harvest, Shouldn't it follow the same pattern that they would gather up the seeds and it would be a double? But in fact, the word of the Lord gives us something even more exciting. Leviticus 2, verses 20 through 22. If you shall say, what shall we eat in the seventh year? See, the six years have passed and we're asking now, Lord, what do we eat in the seventh year? If we shall not sow nor gather in our crops. We can't touch the field. Leviticus 25, you can't go into the field. You can't do anything in the field. You can't gather it. You can't harvest it. You can't even touch it. The land is at rest. You can't, you can't go in there. If you see grapes, I don't care how much you're wanting to grab those grapes, you got to leave them alone according to the word. What are we going to do? So they're asking this question. Verse 21, then I will command <laughs> my blessing upon you in the sixth year. And it shall bring forth produce for three years. You shall sow in the eighth eat and eat yet of old crops until the ninth year, until its crops come in for you. You're thinking, what? You just confused the liver out of me. What are you talking about, preacher? I gave you a wealth of information. First off, the manna in the wilderness, Jesus said, that was symbolic of me. I am the bread of life. Knowledge that we need, that, that this, the lack of the knowledge of Christ is where we're destroyed. But when we know him, we'll go out and do exploits. But what we need to wake up to, church, is we are the last day church. And the reason we don't harvest on the seventh day is because the harvest has been taken up. And there is no harvest left to harvest. We've harvested for 6,000 years. But if the pattern of God's word has not only a physical significance, 
it must have a spiritual significance as well. And that significance is this. There's going to be three times the harvest, I believe, in this generation than any other generation. And it's going to come as a result of three times the amount of the knowledge of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and who he is inside of us. And you don't have to believe that, but I do. I believe it. I believe that God is going to bless the willing participants. I believe God is going to honor those who will honor him. I believe the Lord is inviting you into the secret place so that he may reveal to you who he is, who you are, and the harvest he has in store because it's his kingdom we need to be building, not our kingdom, not the kingdom of man, not the kingdom of brick and mortar, but the kingdom of souls, the kingdom of God inside a transformed heart. Don't you want the marriage you've always desired? Don't you want to see your children come in and your children's children? Don't you want to see the lonely, the outcast, the marginalized, the rich, the poor, the homosexuals, the lesbians, the drug addicts, the alcoholics, the abusers? Don't you want to see them transformed by the power of Jesus Christ. Hmm. We receive, Almighty God, the plan that you have put forth. We are the privileged generation that will witness the coming of the Son of Man, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Lord, my God, your trump will sound and the dead in Christ will rise. We which are alive and remain will be caught up together in the air with you. Lord, we pray. We pray, almighty God. We pray tonight. If you got your Bibles, one last place I want you to turn, and we're going to close this service out with this prayer. It's Paul's prayer for the church at Ephesus that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of our understanding being enlightened, that we may know what is the hope of his calling, what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and that and what is the exceeding greatness of the power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? Those of you that are in this room right now, stand if you will. Those of you that are at home listening, I want you to find a place and let us pray. Lord God, we pray tonight for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ. Lord, we pray, Lord God, for the understanding 
being enlightened that we may know the hope of the calling, the riches of your glory, the inheritance, and the exceeding greatness of your power. Father, we come before you tonight and we ask, Almighty God, that you would reveal yourself to our children, our children's children, Lord, every generation to follow. We pray, Almighty God, that you would open the eyes of the church. We bind every spirit of darkness. We bind the spirit, O God, of darkness that wants to bring destruction. We pray for our brothers and sisters that are in the coast right now. And Father, we speak to the storm, avert, speak to the storm, diminish. We speak to the storm go away. We pray for the safety and the well-being of the harvest uh, that are in that area. Lord God that no destruction, Lord God uh, Lord the destruction the enemy has Lord God, let, let that storm begin to diminish right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Father we lift Lord God those that are suffering in body because of this pandemic. Lord those, God those that are suffering in, in their mind uh, because of this pandemic Lord God. We ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would bring a healing touch uh, Lord of your hand I pray Father God that the fear that Lord God has come over the church Lord God that will be destroyed by the power the knowledge of the living God that we would rise up in this day Lord God and that wisdom and revelation and knowledge Lord we can't know it unless you show it Lord God we can't go God unless Lord God you reveal Lord God I pray for the resurrected power of the Lord Jesus Christ Lord to be an operation inside of us and and Lord, we the church, we the body of Christ, Lord, in whom you are the head, Lord, we come before you tonight, and Lord, we ask God, not for a double portion, Lord God, we call forth for a triple proportion, Lord God, Lord, of your glory, your grace, and your knowledge, not to be consumed upon our own lust, not to be consumed upon our own desires, but Lord, that the knowledge of the glory of the Lord may be evident, Lord God, throughout our land. Lord, we understand and know that we are fighting, Lord God, not a physical fight. Lord, this is a spiritual battle. There's a battle, Lord God, Lord, for the souls of humanity, Lord God. And we bind the spirit of lawlessness and antichrist that's trying to thwart, trying to stop the season of harvest. And Lord God, the labors are going to begin to rise up. They're going to be rising up, Lord God, with the knowledge of the anointing that is resting on the inside of them. The anointed authority that comes from the king, the anointed mediator, Lord God. They're going to know how to pray. They're going to know, Lord God, how to occupy that office of priest. Lord God, they're going to know how to deliver that message, Lord God, to that would-be person, Lord, that needs to know you, Lord, as Lord and Savior. They're going to walk in the inheritance that you have given them because there's a relationship that we have not only with you, but with the Father, not only with you, but with the Spirit, not only with you, Lord God, but Lord, a relationship that we will have, Lord, with one another that's going to strengthen, that's going to encourage, that's going to build up. Almighty God, I speak to every chairman in this room to be filled with a hungry soul. I speak to every person, Lord, with a computer, Lord God, in this area to open it up and to begin to hear the voice of the Lord God. I pray, Father, in the name of the Lord God, Lord, that souls come in and relationships be restored. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Lord, it is your kingdom. It's your kingdom. Father, it is your kingdom. Lord, forgive us for building our own kingdoms. Replacing such emphasis, Lord God, on things, Lord God, 
that are not as important as eternity. Lord, empower us by the knowledge of Christ that we may be pleasing in your sight. That, Lord God, we may treat others, Lord God, as you have kindly, graciously, lovingly have treated us. Lord, let your knowledge be three times exponentially more than we've ever even comprehended. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Looking forward to seeing you Sunday. Please be in prayer throughout this week. Let's just believe.